Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here. Aisha Tyler. The Tribe Called Quest. Fred Armisen. Fritz Paul. Javier Munoz, Seth Meyers. Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi, we're Haim, and you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Hello and welcome to the TalkHouse Podcast. I'm Josh Modell. On this week's episode, we've got a pairing that's a little bit outside our normal wheelhouse, but that touches on topics we love to hit. Queen Herbie and Bunny Michael. Now, usually it's easy to classify our guests by the main thing that they do, musician, filmmaker, author, but both Queen Herbie and Bunny Michael do more than I can even reasonably tell you about in this intro. Each hosts a podcast, each has earned huge followings on social media, and each makes music. Herbie started her career as part of the duo Carmen, as you'll hear. Instant YouTube fame greeted their fun cover songs, and they ended up on Ellen and Saturday Night Live, and in what turned out to be a not-that-fun major label deal. But Herbie reinvented herself as a very 21st century content creator, offering life advice on Instagram and via the House of Herbie podcast, selling jewelry, and making funny, pointed, hip-hop-indebted pop. Check out a bit of Just Found Out from Queen Herbie's latest EP, The Muse. As you'll hear, Queen Herbie and today's other guest, Bunny Michael, didn't know each other personally before this conversation, but their paths have been incredibly similar. Michael found their biggest boost of fame via earnest self-help memes, as well as a popular podcast called Exo Higher Self. They're also a visual artist and activist, and they've got a book coming out next year via Little Brown called Hello Higher Self. And yes, Bunny Michael is also a musician. Check out a little bit of the song Oracle right here. Like I said, these two didn't know each other before this chat, but you can tell they're going to be friends, as the old song goes. They talk about how to maintain boundaries with your own creativity. They talk about how your biggest song might be the one you're most embarrassed by. And they talk about, oh, the horror, trying to put down your phone for a whole day. I don't know if I can do it. Enjoy. Oh my goodness, finally I get to meet you, the legend. Oh my gosh, what? How did we find each other? I don't even know, I need to know this. Probably because we're doing very similar things in a lot of ways, different, but very similar. Um, I don't know. We start with you talking about how you got started with your music and your spiritual stuff and everything, because I don't know your backstory. This is so great. So basically those that are listening, Bunny and I know of each other Uh and have been equally entranced by each other's work, but we don't really know the histories. Like how did we even get here? Which is so fitting for today's topic, like spirituality and music, because once you become like a woo-woo bitch, you realize that things are always... (laughs) happening this way, like the synchronicity of life just is awe-inspiring. And the fact that I didn't know about you until recently is infuriating, but also like perfect. It's just so wild. (laughs) But again, like you said, it's always the right timing. Always. Yes. So let's see. My backstory is that I got into the music business in 2011 after finishing a music degree at Berkeley in Boston. So I was like Nebraska baby, you know, born in like a church family, moved to the big city. Well, big. Boston was big for me at the time. Uh Finished music school. My boyfriend and I at the time blew up on YouTube. Uh It like went viral overnight. No PR, no 
support no label nothing and and of course the next week we were on Ellen and taking all the label meetings and it was crazy it was a whirlwind five years so you're looking at like a surviving label artist okay that then left left the label to go independent which is when my spiritual journey began because I was really trying to find myself at like 27 28 Saturn return vibes Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) Uh and so Queen Herbie was like the result of all of that trauma and uh, adventure and learning. And yeah, and it's even been a journey since then. We did a bunch of EPs. I say we, because I'm still with my partner, Nick. Shout out to Jedi Nick, who stuck with, you know, he was in Carmen with me. This, the band was called Carmen. So y'all are still working together. Wow. Props to you. Thank you. I know that's always like, (laughs) I always underplay like the relationship. Because we're we're both no, Tauruses. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's been awesome. And we're we just celebrated like 17 or 18 years together. It's just like we're definitely soul partners for whatever it's worth. So awesome. I know how it's hard to obviously be in collaboration, but it's also so healing and teaches you so much about yourself, especially if you're not only to be in like a romantic thing, but also to be working creatively. It's like a mirror, yeah. you know, it's like that Justin yeah. Timberlake song. It's like, you're my mirror. It's like, yeah, it's good. It's great. And it's awful and everything between. And we have a podcast together. Now we just started House of Herbie, which is our sort of our woo woo creative living podcast. Cause I realized if you want to live a creative life, which is everyone's purpose, I think, if you're able to uncover it, yeah. there needs to be a safe space where we can talk about this. And that's, I think how I found you was your Instagram, your Instagram posts, like really attracted me. I mean, man, the memes are just, it's our ear. It's the best. And then your podcast is really what sold me. I was like, I need to follow this person. Oh, thank you so much. I have a kind of a similar thing. It's not as like extreme as going on Ellen, but I feel like it was the same sort of realizations because I went to school for acting and then I was with my ex-partner who was a producer and they were like, let's make a record. Like one night I was just, you know, like messing around and, and freestyling or something. We're all hanging out. And they were like, let's make a record. And I was like, what? Like, that's ridiculous. But we ended up doing it and no expectations at all. And it got, you know, like my space popular. And that was like in the heyday. And it was really, it was fun times, honestly. It was like super fun. And, you know, we went on tour and got written up and we got this like a read up in the New Yorker and it kind of created this whole like avenue for us. But then it all kind of fell apart. The relationship turned toxic. I completely had to start over again. And that initiated a deep spiritual journey that was connected to my art and figuring out the higher purpose of creativity and stuff like that. So it started this, you know, years long journey of healing and, and understanding, okay, why am I putting this out in the world? And once it kind of all kind kind of all those hopes and expectations of validation from fame or industry or whatever it is, or my parents, you know, finally getting their approval or something like that. And really discovering that it was myself that I had been looking for the whole time and and my own acceptance, my own approval. And that was when everything kind of shifted for me. And I started making the memes because I was like, I can't do anything right now unless it's about that. So I just made this boundary, like do this every day, no expectations. And of course, and that's how it, that's how it ends up all coming together is when you realize it's about something so much bigger than yourself. And then you're just like, all right, let me just hop on the train and just keep going and see 
what happens and just try to grab some joy, you know, along the way, man, that is an epic story. So we definitely have like parallel paths or is that the right word? Mm-hmm. It feels so familiar. It's like we had like a past life in this body <laughs> and we've evolved mm-hmm. and changed and grown so much into this new, these new beings. I struggle with trying to keep the inner skeptic going. Cause as soon as I became like a spiritual bitch, like a witchy, witchy bitch, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh no. Cause the old me who, who is like raised in a Christian household has heard all the people be like, I roll like, Oh, you collect crystals now. What, you know, it's like, damn. Yeah. That is a perspective that I'm finding is really fresh in the space. And that's why I love your attitude and like the sass that you incorporate in your memes, especially because that is like the, People always try to underplay internet stuff, but your art is in the meat. Like memes travel so far and they reach so many people instantaneously. It's like your message is just so potent. And every time I see one of your posts, I'm like, well, that's a song. Well, that's a song. Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, I, I do think that people downplay it a lot, which is understandable because we're transitioning into this digital world and people love to hold on to, you know, what they know and feel comfortable in. But it does take a certain kind of surrender to be able to write something that people relate to. You're kind of checking into that collective consciousness. You're like, I don't know where this is coming from, but I definitely feel it. So that means other people must be feeling it because we're all one. It's like a wild vulnerability that you can't, Mm -hmm. you can't unsee it. I still feel like some of the old me comes through sometimes and she's like, why don't you just write a song about going to the club? And I'm like, uh-huh. okay, okay, but can we make it like, can yeah. we make it like the, can you observe yourself going to the club and like what your ego is doing or something? Yeah. It's, it's really, yeah. but it's still so vulnerable. And I think um, yeah. that's that's been really helpful for me is like just being as honest as possible. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's helped me when it comes to creating songs or memes or whatever it is, is that all it all it is is just a moment in time, right? It's just that moment that you made it. That's it. It doesn't define who you are. It's just this moment in time where you expressed yourself and that's it. You know? It. And so if you're if you went to the club, you went to the club. If you went over there and had to like a 30 day meditation retreat or whatever, you went there and And that's all of that's part of you. So true. Hey, this is Josh Modell, host of the Talk House podcast. We love it when musicians come on the show and talk about process, and often they'll get into the nuts and bolts of being a working artist, which can sometimes be fun and sometimes feel more like a business. Well, this episode of TalkHouse is brought to you by DistroKid, which is an amazing service for musicians looking to get their songs out into the world in an incredibly smart and cost-effective way. For the past decade plus, DistroKid has made it easy to get your music on all the streaming services, including Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Instagram, and more. You keep 100% of your earnings minus a flat yearly fee, which is a better deal than you'll find anywhere else. More than a million artists use DistroKid, and the latest version of their app is better than ever. It includes features that make it easy to see your account details, including the money you've earned, as well as to seamlessly edit things like lyrics and metadata across platforms. There's even a feature called Instant Share, which allows you to easily share files with your bandmates, booking agent, playlist curators, and more. DistroLock allows you to protect your songs. DistroKid users get a YouTube official artist channel, too. The list goes on. 
The DistroKid app is available on iOS and Android. Go check it out today. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. Hey, TalkHouse listeners, it's Josh Modell. Instead of encouraging you to listen to podcasts today, I'm here to encourage you to read something great. The particular something I have in mind is the second issue of the TalkHouse Reader, the print zine spearheaded by our fantastic music editor, Annie Fell. This issue is focused on the intersection of food and music, and it features contributions from Maddie Matheson, Coleman Domingo, Squirrel Flower, Sam Evian, the Blessed Madonna, and more. There are pieces about eating while on tour, the gentrification of food, cooking as a creative catalyst, and much, much more. You can order a copy today, along with the first issue, at store.talkhouse.com. Please do check it out. So what was your old music about, like, topic-wise, in comparison to your new... I've just listened to your new project, by the way, which is gorgeous. Oh, thank you. I'm trying to think of my favorite track. Is it called Oracle? Oracle. Woo! That beat is crazy! <laughs> thank you. I've always kind of had a, a, a feeling of not fitting in since I was growing up, you know, being half Samoan, half Mexican, being friends with all, like, the visual art kids but not looking like them. And, you know, I've always kind of felt on the outside. So I always like to merge worlds together. When I first started making the um, music, I was like, why don't I merge this like hip hop, my like uh, history with like Bone Thugs and Harmony and stuff. And then also my like fantasies about, I don't know, Disney World and all this wild, surreal thing. So it was really about creating a visual world that was like wild and bizarre. And it was a commentary on like club culture. It was a commentary on racism. It was a commentary like on all of these things that were just sort of in the consciousness. It was sort of like this weird surrealist package. So I was always kind of considered myself like a surrealist lyricist. But then as I went through that journey of realizing that I needed to really understand my higher self and stuff like that, me putting music out now has, has been my attempt to sort of merge those two things together because I always had that tension like how do I make music that's representative of this part of me because I don't know how to do that and so with with these songs I was just like let me make these songs about the angst of being a spiritual person or being a person who wants a world of compassion and love and yet living in this chaos and and also embracing like the the nitty-gritty humanity parts of us as well. That's so fascinating. The project I'm working on now is actually I picked up a book called The Feminine Mystique and I'm reading this mm -hmm. and I'm like holy shit like the 1950s bored housewife thing is so fascinating. So now I'm sort of deviating off of just like general spiritual material. And I'm trying to like bring in, like you were saying, the grittiness and really using my art as like a way to explore those topics and what, what my world might look like if I were able to repaint it. Mm -hmm. You know, what would a housewife be if I were to like repaint that whole scenario today, like an independent woman doing on her life's path and on her purpose, maybe taking care of her own inner house. I love that. And one thing that's great about 
being able and privileged enough to make art is that it just grows with you and you you can change and you can experiment you can do different things and i think that can be scary especially if you're somebody who has received some kind of acclaim or attention for doing a certain thing you can get really scared of losing those fans or losing that kind of whatever it is but then you're you're also like i got to grow i got to change <laughs> i'm a person that is get so bored with doing <laughs> like the same thing. I can't it's so funny because I've been trying to even come up with like gra- this is so boring but like logo graphic vibes for like my my brand and I'll I work with like this graphic designer, you know, pay them a bunch of money and make this thing. I was bored with it in like a month and yeah. threw it out the window. Like I can't I can't stick with the same thing, but that's just, you know, how my brain works. But yeah, this courage to just be yourself all of the time and just trusting that your authenticity is your greatest asset is a it's it's a hard place to be in, but it's also like what choice what 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 could be better? Because hmm. this is the veil that's been thrown in front of our eyes that our happiness we could reach it by having a certain kind of success, but like we were talking about earlier, you get that and you realize, oh, this isn't the thing. Ooh, jarring. It's really jarring. I remember when we did Saturday Night Live and I was like, oh. I did not. Okay, I, my mind is blown right now, first of all, because I did not know you were on Ellen or Saturday Night Live or any of that stuff. Okay, my <laughs> mind is totally blown. I feel absolutely nothing when you say that. I think that's completely valid. And that goes to show, that brings you and all the listeners in on the reality that no matter what you achieve, it's never enough. You're never big right. enough. You never have enough success yeah. in so kind of what you were saying before. It's like when you can really prove that to yourself, because I'm I'm stubborn as hell too. I'll, I'll be like you, like spending hours on my logo trying. I was like, no, we get eyewear collection. Like I'm now I'm making jewelry. It's like, damn, my team, I drive my team crazy and we're fully independent. Are you also independent? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. So you get it. And may, uh, probably a lot of listeners yeah. of this podcast know that that indie life is, is real, but mm-hmm. your definition of success that's kind of been our focus this year. Like you have to decide what it is you actually want. It's way easier said than done because you're going to get it. If you focus on it and you get your mind and your heart coherence together and you're like vibrating at the right and you're meditating and all these eye rolls, you know, it's like, okay, eventually you are going to get it, but then what? And mm-hmm. so that's that's what I remember feeling on Saturday Night Live and then in the car ride, you know, the limo ride to the after party where I talked to my parents and they were still very disappointed in me. It was like there wasn't, you know, probably yeah. also because they, you know, they're kind of the story on that is they're, they're still very much like Christian, religious minded right. folks. And so what I right. do for them is not, it doesn't make sense, but over right. time it does heal you eventually have a mutual understanding and respect for each other but it was it was that night that i was like okay maybe this is not what i want maybe i put my ladder on the wrong building maybe i need to put my ladder up on that building over there and get what i want which might be jewelry it might be graphic design it might be something else uh-huh. so that's been a big part of the spiritual journey it's not it's never been just music for me just because the industry itself is also very toxic. I mean, every industry is, but music is especially yeah. strange. It's funny because even being somebody who has a, a lot of followers on social media or something, 
you're always having to kind of check yourself as to what what expectation am I putting on this? Like, what what is the intention behind this? Like, what do I think this is going to give me? Because it's not going to do the thing that you think you hope it's going to do. Because it was never. It was that's not actually what you're looking for. And I talk about this on my podcast too about you know people getting to middle age or even older and then being like, whoa, I got to go on this journey and then and and find myself. Well, you've been there the whole time. So do we want to wait to like, are we going to wait and believe ourselves are somewhere over there? And, and it's always, it's always a future moment. It's never right now. It can Mm -hmm. never be this moment could never be enough. And that's sort of what we've all been taught is the pursuit of success to be constantly dissatisfied with the present situation and to be chasing, chasing, chasing. And so as artists, that can be such a sad place to be in because your art is so sacred and yet the relationship becomes so toxic because you're using it. It's sort of like a relationship to any other thing, like even a relationship with the person when you when you look to that person to complete you, when you look to your art to complete you what ends up happening is you're putting so much pressure on it that it becomes this really toxic relationship. And what do you expect to happen in that relationship when you're being abusive towards it? You know, like treat it, you like love it. You know, it's like this whole organic thing you've created. And anyway, that's sort of what I've been trying to realize getting older and, and especially this year in in 2023, because 2022, I was writing a book and it was very hard the hardest thing I've ever done in terms of creativity and stuff. And, and it was about, you know, my past and, and healing all this stuff. So I had to interview my parents and my family and dig up all of this stuff. And I was felt so under pressure by the deadline and and I had just moved upstate. And so I was really isolated um, and writing and it was like, there was no way to get away from it. It was like, I have to do it. You know, there's no way out. Right. And so when I when I finished and I got into this new year, I was like, my biggest goal for this year is simply to just let myself feel joy. Like to just wake up in the morning and be like, I'm going to let myself enjoy today. I'm just going to let <laughs> myself do it. And wow. that'd be it. We can go ahead and end the podcast now, Joss. This is everything you need to know. <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's such an epic man. See, we could just transcribe that and that's a book, you know, it's Mm -hmm. so with all of this juicy gems of knowledge, what, what do we do with this? How do we transform a toxic industry? I guess we have to let it go and know that just us focusing on our joy is enough and that we're not going to fix it. That was also something really, really helpful for me to learn is, um, like I have, I have friends who coach me on different things and they're like, you know, queen, you're not going to fix that. I'm like, oh, damn, thanks. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm such a Taurus. I'm like, yes, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to change the world. And it's like, well, you also don't have to. You could just yeah. focus on your joy and then create like this energy field around you that is so beautiful that it affects everyone you come in contact with. And you do that. Mm-hmm. You do that. We both do that every day on the internet. And, and the internet, oh my God, let's talk about the internet for a second. What an incredible tool and such a dangerous weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. 
<laughs> I know. Like, how are you emotionally handling the pressure to be constantly creating on social media? Because we all know we all we feel like we have to almost every single post something almost every single day. You just you just feel like you have to. That's what people expect. And you know, mm. you want to keep growing. You want to be responsible. You're trying to build. You know, and you're a hard worker and you love it, but then it's just like, what do I do? How do, how do you, how do you maintain? Still trying to figure that out, Bunny. It's like mm. a humiliation that's so deep on days when you don't have the stamina for it. We've begun, I say we again, because my partner Nick and I are just like, we kind of uncovered a hack that I could share because I think it's relevant to this conversation, but social media is a fucking disaster. It's so difficult. And it's like the only thing we fight about two bulls just in this fucking, we live in this room, one room loft, like apartment, you know, and like you got a tripod uh-huh. and your iPhones and you're just like, what are we making today for a million people? It's so much, so much pressure. Yeah. But the days that we're inspired, we knock out like three to five pieces of content that we can like put on the back burner for later. So that would be my advice is like, like know that there's days when your artistry is going to flow and other days when you're closed off and restoring and be able to Mm -hmm. forgive yourself for that. And then on those good days, like, like milk the cow, baby. But, um, anyway, the hack that we uncovered recently was this author, Simon Sinek, I guess he wrote, find your why like what he's most famous for. Mm-hmm. But he has a new book out about the infinite game versus the finite game, which I thought was really fascinating because social media, we're like, why is this so perplexing? We can record music all day, every day and never get mm-hmm. tired of it. Some days are better than others. Like you said, you're, and then you yeah, hate yeah. it and you're like, oh no, I hate my yeah, art. Yeah. And then that ends up being, <laughs> ends up being like your biggest song ever. <laughs> the one you didn't like. <laughs> there was one of our friends told us a story like an A&R asked him to send him music and he he was like yeah cool dude yeah 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 um what's the one you're most embarrassed about you know he's like he played him that song and he's like this is the one <laughs> this is the song <laughs> yeah. just just being creative is a mind fuck so congratulations if you're doing it good good job baby yes. bunny and queen yeah. approve made the good yes. choice um, we're going to suffer together sometimes and we're uncovering ways to not suffer so, so consistently. Right. Cause in the past we were like, oh my God, we're just going to like go hard, beta brain waves, caffeinated cannabis, all the things, you know, and now we're like, wait, could we create at a more sustainable level? Could we actually be calm about this? Yeah. And Simon Sinek says, uh, there are folks that are in it for a finite play, meaning like they, We'll just burn through their resources to try to win. And then there's folks that are playing an infinite game and they are not playing to win, but they're playing to keep playing. Yeah. And I was like, damn, there it is. Everybody wants you to win, win, win. It's never enough, like we were saying. But when you find out that you're an infinite player, mm-hmm. even with social media, if you're an infinite player, you're like, there's going to be, we're going to lose sometimes, we're going to win sometimes, but we're going to try to be better than we were. One of the things that I feel has helped me in terms of trying new things or doing, you know, being like, what do I want to do next? Or maybe I'll try this over there and stuff like that is, and and thinking about long-term, like what am I going to be doing, you know, 10 years from now or whatever, is that if I focus on the message of what I'm saying, the form of it is so secondary. And if I focus on knowing that all I'm trying to do is help other people understand their worth, that will always sustain me. Because people will always need that because that is, you know, my highest purpose. That That's something that that's why I'm here. 
you could have never thought that memes would be the catalyst for me to have my own career and, and, you know, be self, you know, employed and have and stuff like that. I never would have thought. And so it's like, as long as you're focusing on the, what you're trying to say, then you're good. Then you're good. Wow. That is so bomb. I want to write it down, but I want to just like keep eye contact with you. We're looking at each other on a video because <laughs> it's oh, so engaging. Um, wow. Focusing on, on the message and then the form is secondary. That's so beautiful. Super helpful. Cause you're right now you're making stuff. You're already doing that. That's already what you're doing. You know, that's why people are drawn to you. It's not just because you are, have talent. It's right. not, it's because you're touching that them on a soul level you're telling them something that they need to hear mm. and they need to hear it because you need to hear it and you'll always need to hear it because you're a human in this world like this earth like we all we constantly need to hear it it's, it's never there's never going to be a time where you won't need to hear that that you're lovable or that you're good enough right we're all here to teach each other that Whatever, however, whatever, whether it's art or teaching or, you know, being a mom or whatever it is that you do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there isn't any hierarchy in careers or the form of it or whatever, because it doesn't ultimately that's that doesn't matter. And, and so I get people all the time asking me, well, I don't know what my, I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I don't know what my passion is. And, and not only do we have this pressure to like have this successful career, well, now we have this pressure to make sure that our career exactly matches the thing that we love. And it also has to be good for the world. And, you know, so we're just constantly putting all this pressure on us stuff. And I'm trying to remind people that how you're paying your bills does not sustains all of that stuff. You know, like if you're waiting tables so that you can make a song that that's just as valid. And that capitalism is never going to validate your worth because that's not what it was designed to do. Have you read big magic by Elizabeth Gilbert? Mm -mm. That's a really yeah. fun one. She's such a clever writer too, but she talks about that. Like the, like the beauty of, having like a waitressing gig while you're working on your art because you honor it that deeply. And I just yes. never heard anybody explain it that way. You know, we used to joke on the label when we were on a record label that we would rather work at Starbucks. There were days that were that bad. And then I was like, wait, but that's oh, no. not bad at all. <laughs> like I love Starbucks. Like yeah. that would, they take really good care of their employees. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And it's so like weirdly egotistical to look at it that way. Yeah. 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 But that surrender too mm -hmm. of, and just like finding the humility in your art while also, you know, having the confidence being a woman and being out here and expressing yourself, which in my research of late has been relatively recent, you know, like the housewife mm -hmm. archetype, she was very much suppressed from doing what she wanted to do. And it was still a massive privilege mm -hmm. to just even not have to work and just be home doing dishes all day. So right, it's, right, it's right. a lot to, a lot to digest. What do you like to do for fun outside of art? I'm interested in knowing what's some like hobbies. I got into making jewelry recently, which was started as a very like spiritual practice because you have the repetition and there's like these beautiful, there's an element of, um, deep, like creativity and, um, sustainability. Cause you're always at, like, Oh, I fucked up. I have to unstring all these beads and put them back. And I love hand making jewelry because I realized in the yeah. space, there wasn't anything that I was specifically looking for. And I got really into it. And, um, then I start, of course, turned it into a job by making 
necklaces themed after my songs and selling them on my website, which is, you know, it's still sustainable for now because I only make a few, but that's been really fun because it's also very satisfying. If you feel like social media has got you down and you know, you've got good weeks and bad weeks and whatever, you can still get some necklaces done and wear them and Mm -hmm. feel fabulous. So I do love crafty shit. I'm a crafty bitch. I recently, I want to learn how to make my own skincare, like soap and shit. Cause I spend all this money on like lotions and creams and, you know, and I have been making like my own aura sprays for my little cleanse sessions that I do on Instagram. And I was like, damn, Uh this is fun to figure out. That's awesome. I realized the ones I was buying had like food coloring in them or like dyes, like toxic dye color coloring and um, weird preservatives. And so I was like, wait, I could probably figure this out. There's all these amazing botanicals that you can. And I'm like, wow, my skin has never been nicer. This is amazing. So then of course I'm like, should I sell it? (laughs) Damn it. You're a giver though. You're passionate about things. You want to like share the information. Totally. You just also have to remember to just keep some stuff for you. I just learned how to knit, which is kind of weird that I never knew how to knit before, but you know, I moved upstate and learned how to knit. It's cool because you're totally, you know, occupied and then your hands are, it's also just nice to like make something that exists like a physical thing. It's beautiful. You know, instead of just being so when you're on digital all the time, you're constantly making digital stuff. It's just nice to make something that you can hold. That's what I love the most about beads is that you are, mm-hmm. you you can't look at a screen. You have to like be in the now focused mm-hmm. on a physical object, which is so weird to say that when, when was this, when did it happen where we have to look at a phone screen all day that I feel like it was recent, maybe the last five or eight years. Yeah. We've barely had time to even understand the implications on our health, on everything. I noticed like my eyesight is, and I could just be getting older, but it's like, I think we're going to find that it's having a lot of different effects on our health. Yeah. Nick and I will do this challenge where we're like, all right, we can't look at our phones for two hours. And it's really hard, y'all. I love that you guys decided to do that together because I want me and my partner to do something like that. Like, I want to have, I want to do one day a week. What? A whole day? Sunday or something. Why not? I mean, anything that I really need to know, I will know on Monday. (laughs) Right. Everything's content. Everything's content. Oh, and by the way, when you're out having fun or on vacation, you better be storing all of that, by the way. It's just so... (laughs) It is insane. So wild. So really what we could do is make a handbook for spiritual witchy folk that want to have a sustainable and joyful life. That's really what we're talking about. There needs to yeah. be like a list of of life hacks for this new cuz everything's changing so fast, too. Do you feel this bunny? It's yeah. like I feel like even last week with the eclipse or whatever, it was like something uh-huh. happened or there was so much energy. Yeah. My body was hot. It started getting hotter in LA. And I know, Uh I know they've done like science graphs of like how technology is about to like hit the bell curve. I don't know if I can Uh handle any like of a faster evolution. This is very quick. That's what I'm saying. Like (laughs) having days where you unplug. And I know this seems like so like obviously, yes. And I know that other musicians and people that are listening to this and who make music also feel pressure because that's what everybody's telling them they have to do. But their stuff on social media, like they have to do it. They have to do it. They have to do it. And when people ask me about it, I'm like, you don't have to do it. You do not have to do it, you know? And if you do decide to do it, you need to have the best boundaries 
You have to have the best boundaries and also understand that it's not an accurate representation over of like the way that people would really love your art. It's not real. You know, it's just like it's a game of social media that's over here and you could like play the game and and it could help you sometimes or whatever. But you really need to not make it you like your whole life. Right. Once you start having success on there, you're like, oh, yeah, like. I'll just keep doing it and it'll keep growing. And that's so like, it's so cool to see things grow and mm-hmm. feel like you're making something grow, but like stunted, like your soul, like your soul, <laughs> <You're> <laughs> right. like, your heart, your heart needs, a, needs, you need some time. You need some like recenter, like what's the most important thing to you. I hope that as we move more and more into this digital world, that at least we would have the autonomy to create the things that we want to it to be, you know, and stuff like that. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Talk House podcast and thanks to Queen Herbie and Bunny Michael for chatting. If you liked what you heard, please follow Talk House on your favorite podcasting platform and check out all the sweet goodness at talkhouse.com. This episode was produced by Myron Kaplan and the Talk House theme is composed and performed by The Range. See you next time.